what was your uh parents nickname for me before they knew me? Uh, little Ray Ray. Yeah. Okay. There we go. Little Ray Ray. <laughs> they thought I was a drug dealer. Yeah, they thought Raymond was my drug dealer <laughs> when I was like fourteen years old. <laughs> I tell you this, I was definitely not cool enough to be doing <laughs> drugs at 14 years old. And neither was I. <laughs> and welcome back to the Going Down the List <clears throat> podcast. I'm E.T. Dubs, and I'm here today with my friend. The one and only, Jerberius. And also, Lil Ray Ray. Lil Ray That's Ray. Right. Little Ray Ray. New name, well, it's a new day. There's got to be a rapper out there named Little Ray Ray. Oh, there's definitely is. We want to check that for... I mean, it was yeah. what, the whole issues, early 2000s was... The whole early 2000s was the little phase? Just a little in front of it. Yeah. yeah. Well, if he's out there, he's going to join Sweden in a class action lawsuit against us. Yeah. Uh, but hopefully... Yeah, hopefully we can still get this episode out before we get served the papers. We are covering Severance Season 1, Episode 2, Half Loop, directed by Ben Stiller, written by Dan Erickson, just like Episode number 1. And this also dropped on February 18th of 2022. Um, So we're excited to continue our Severance coverage tonight. But once again, I believe uh, Jeremy's going to break the ice for us. I uh, might break the ice. I guess the question surrounds ice. Actually, it's about something mm. quite cold. I'm talking Christmas. Oh. <laughs> when is it Christmas music time? That's my question for you boys. Okay. Everyone's so passionate about this. Mm. Like, this is a really good... Yeah, I, I certainly am. Raymond, you go first. And and I, when I say Christmas music, this, like, decorate you. You know, when, when. All right. I don't know if you know this, Jeremy, but I know Eric does. I, I am verily apathetic towards Christmas myself. Not saying I hate it. It's fun. I get it. But as I get older, I definitely see it as more of a, I don't say a burden, but it becomes more, I see more of the burden in it. Yes. Okay. Like getting like, as you get older, you don't have the joy because when you're young, you don't have to really, you just, get shoveled around from presents to presents to dinner and all that shit, right? Yep. But when you're older, you start having uh, buying presents, driving yourself, start planning and coordinating stuff. It definitely starts drawing the fun out of it. But besides my soapbox for that for a second. Oh, I get it. I get that. I say a week out from Thanksgiving. This is, this okay. Is, Yes. Okay. Okay. Um, Well, my feeling is that you got to wait till Thanksgiving night. Okay. After all the food has been consumed. You got to eat the turkey. Yeah. And I'll tell you, I cannot stand to see Christmas decorations before Thanksgiving. I don't want the music. I don't want the movies. Okay. And I'll tell you why. You know, I I still love Christmas. I love the season. Of course, it has a lot of you know personal significance 
for me for a lot of reasons. I like being around family. I like the food. It's a joyous time all around. But I don't want to overindulge, you know, too much. When you try and make something too much, you can devalue it a little bit, in my opinion. Uh, Yeah, and so I like the the, the smaller dose for me. But you know, I I'm a week before I'm not taking anybody to to the task over. No, I I don't think that's crazy. I'm just curious. Everyone always. Like you ask even uh, like my students that question. Everyone has a specific time, almost almost even a date about that question. You know, like yeah, every it's such as a, you can tell, I have a heated. specific time a day. Yes, <laughs> and everybody really does. Like I, I I heard one tradition actually this past week that I'd never heard before that I actually kind of like. Their family does not like as soon as Santa shows up on the Macy's Thanksgiving parade, they start decorating and put the music on. I was like, that's a cool, you know, like you tie it with the, with Thanksgiving on Thanksgiving day a little bit. Yeah. I was just, I I don't mind that. But Uh, where, where do you stand here? Um, I, I, I kind of have points from both of y'all's points that, that merge and, and are my thoughts. Because I'm with Ray and the fact that, like, it's not like it used to be, you know? That magic to it, to just Christmas Eve and Christmas Day, or in the whole season alone, yes, buying gifts is a whole nother thing. There's really a lot to it that feels like work or um, just something you are obligated to do. But for me, I'd say at this age, like, I get a lot of the joy from decorating because you you all know i have like the the village yeah is a it's a very intensive thing takes a while to set that that mug it's it's a big process so for me but i'm also with you eric like if you if you go too crazy with it like if you are on november 1st you put the tree up type person i feel like at that point you just it doesn't like the McRib, you know, you don't want the McRib to come around that much because then it's not going to be the best thing ever created. You want it, you want to, you don't want to, you want to enjoy it and keep it special. You know, Christmas may change for the Jer Bear, but the McRib never will. The McRib never, <laughs> ever will. Never lost his magic. This man has been his... on this for years. The McRib, yeah, it holds a special a spot in his heart. Go. Yes. I've still never tried. Oh, you got to. Next time it comes around. But see, that's the thing. You I know, tried it. You don't want to overindulge. I tried it once when I was probably in middle school. Oh, man. No, it was I, okay. I, but that shit. I don't know. Hope, I mean, lot. maybe things have changed, but when I tried it, it didn't taste anything better than, you know, public school food. <laughs> but, like I said, that was many years ago, and I'm sure that there had yeah, you changed gotta, the formula you know, for so, sure. Some public school food was good during yeah. our time. It wasn't all terrible. No, it wasn't. It, it, there was it, some awful stuff. I, I would allude it to the hamburger that they served. Oh, but yeah. Okay, that's no point. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I, I understand <laughs> that. I get that. I mean, but like I said, but yeah. that was also... I don't know how many ago. years ago right now. 
Yeah, well, it's around. you got to get you got to get a good fresh one in with some good fry, like fresh fries. It's a special thing. It really is. No, no. But I it, mean, maybe I'm now being adult. Yeah, now I'm being many years shot. later, it might be an acquired taste. Yeah, but uh, to to answer the question, it's I, I usually start around my birthday, like okay, which is actually pretty much the week before Thanksgiving. So. Yeah, not like Thanksgiving break for me is when it's like okay, let's let's start the nitty gritty for the village, at right. least because it's gonna take it's gonna take about a week to get it set up and ready, and I I really like having it out just just looking at it. So the longer I get to look at it, the better. Yeah, but on That's Thanksgiving day, it is it's a lot of work. And, on Thanksgiving Day, that Giant, we do yeah. have music playing. Like when I when I get to my uncle's for, you know, cooking the turkey and frying it and all that, we've Christmas music is on pretty much all day. <clears throat> I, I we do on on Thanksgiving morning. We like to watch the parade um, and have mimosas. Oh yeah, that's, that's a staple too. That's my mimosas. good Thanksgiving tradition there. Yeah, that's. I got them there with Get the you nice, nice and hungry for the rest yeah, of the does. day. Oh yeah, it sets the day for sure. For Just a, nice a little, day. little light air to you, a little nice pep in your step, sport. a little that's cigar, right. cigar mimosas. That's what, and we, I tell we you, sit around the fryer. With, uh, I, I don't know if you know y'all have, if y'all really run into um, playing football a lot at these occasions, but certainly in my, uh, on my dad's side of the family. Uh, with all of my cousins, we usually do. And I am, yeah, I don't know about y'all, but I'm getting to an age where that is harder and harder to do unless we get it done before the food comes out. Yeah. It's it's kind of unfortunate. I've been in the nurse's office twice for heating pads after recess. So, <laughs> not a great place to be, I understand. The body just, you know, yeah. it feels stuff like it didn't used to. Yeah. And uh, I want to make a comment real quick on this. I don't know if this was more towards the end of the subject or not, but uh, this is a little fun fact about me. My uh, unironically, I pull a Feliz Navidad throughout oh, yes. the year, um, <laughs> to the point where on Spotify it was my number one <laughs> most played song. So. I'm yeah. surprised that group hasn't sent you like. Uh, so my brother was Jason. He was in Jason Mraz's top one percent of listeners, and he got sent like this awesome vinyl and a cardboard thing. Uh, I don't know if it was from Jason Mraz or Spotify, but I'm surprised that group hasn't sent you like a gold vinyl <laughs> version of that song at this well, point. Well, hopefully Jose Feliciano, the blind guy. <laughs> Still, still alive. I think that song came out in like the sixties. I think it's it's pretty old. Yeah, but yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, a little fun uh, fact. Yes, <laughs> beat out the Kendrick Lamar. A fun fact, right there. It is that is also well, a favorite in. tradition. Uh, just throughout the year, when little Ray Ray busts out the Felice Navidad. You know, I mean, because the reason why. And the reason why I do it publicly too, because I guess just everybody off guard. Because usually sure, everybody yeah. hates that song, and I'm mm-hmm. like in the slim minority that actually likes it. 
it's it's like John Mulaney playing what's new Pussycat uh, ten times or whatever on the jukebox. Yeah. So it's like whenever right. somebody hears it in fucking I don't know September. No, let's say like July. It really catches them fucking off guard, and it's great. It usually leads to a good time. People usually like the least Navi da. Not off on Christmas. Yeah, try it out. Well, off season, least Navi da. Yeah. Oh, well. when you when you go to uh, the work uh, Monday, this this play start start your start your day off with some of that, Jeremy. See 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 what, see what this see what the kids do. Oh, I know what they'll do. They'll love it or hate it. But you know that's at least not be done for you, isn't it? Mm-hmm. It's true. You feel one way or the other. Um, are y'all ready to get into the episode here? Let's do this. I believe we are. All right. Um, well, as I said, this is the second episode of the first season of Severance, Half Loop, um, directed by Ben Stiller, and we open up with a different perspective of Hale. Uh, Haley's Haley's training video being filmed by Mr. Milchick. Uh, so kind of our first time getting to see Haley's Audi in person, I guess you would say here. And uh, we go through her walking through the whole complex. There's another mention of Kier Egan's favorite breakfast being three raw eggs and a cup of milk, uh, which if you remember from the survey in the first episode, that was one of the questions. That's right. Um, And then we see the medical procedure itself. Oh, yeah, I forgot about this And I... This motherfucker's taking pictures of it, too, by the way. I was thinking of Jeerbeer watching this, because I know this is not your kind of deal, and this is a particularly hardcore gruesome type of, you would expect it to be super advanced they would have robots involved no there there is a drill into the back of the skull and the microtrip is implanted into the center of the brain well i mean i don't know if you've seen or know about uh how they do like uh surgery in general like hip replacements and shit like that mm-hmm. like there's a reason why they put your ass out for that they like yes. jerk your ass. They fucking drill into you. Like they're not gentle oh, yeah. with your ass. No, when, you, when they yeah. do all that kind of stuff, the hip replacement. Yeah, it's, and, yeah. As you know, I am. Uh, I have had a rough encounter with anesthesia in the operating room. Um, but this, so this is an interesting question. She. It seems like she's not under anything for the mm-hmm. first part of this yeah, that's, until that, that's when what made they, it worse for me. Yeah, she, but like it also doesn't seem like she's in pain, right? Well, yeah, I mean, no, definitely not. You'd, you'd know. I mean, I think you'd well, know because the brain doesn't right have uh, nerves in it, does it? Like pain receptors? The head, when the head's got you, yeah, certainly. Well, I, mean, I mean, they drill it through the back of her skull. Well, I mean, in uh, the real world, like in the real world. <laughs> In uh, brain surgery, they actually, in some forms, I don't know about all, but they do actually keep you awake and, and like, not like me and you right now awake, but as in maybe like a little bit drug induced. Because they need some activity. Yeah. So they'll ask questions and like 
or have you do certain things just so they make sure they're not fucking around with the wrong thing or like they don't go too far with a certain procedure or whatever, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So they do keep yeah. you, they can keep you semi-awake. I don't know about like her where she's able to like read something in her side. Right. Um, yeah, so that once she does go under when they put the microchip in, the next thing we get is I guess the next thing that Audi Heli sees, which is coming right out of that stairwell door, and Milchik telling her that her trying to leave is all part of the process. Um, and it's amazing what she's doing. They're very excited that she's there. Right. Which was kind of strange, right? Why? I mean, is does he say this to every employee? Yeah, I mean, it, like, it, it seems fake. You can obviously tell, like, just your social cues that something's off about all of this. Right, yeah. Um, so we get the, you know, the intro credits at that point. And then it shows Mark coming in for, I guess, what would be his second full day as the leader of this department and he I know that we have all encountered these before the laminated checklist uh, of menial cleaning tasks and you know restocking wiping down dusting busy work yeah exactly to get the office ready for the day it would seem. Um, and while he's doing that, he sees their office group picture with Petey, and it clearly affects him, and he removes them all and puts them in the supply closet. Yeah, some some memories there, for sure. You know, definitely a visceral reaction Sourness. that he had when it was like, all of a sudden, though, it was like, at first it was fine, but then he looked down and <coughs> as it slowly revealed all of them together, it, that's when it seemed like he had a moment of reflection and right. made a decision. Yeah, <clears throat> it was interesting. Uh, fucking, that yeah. set Irv off too. Let me tell you what, Irv did oh, not yeah. like that shit. No, he, he, he protested as he later says. Uh, Helly gets in for the day. And Dylan shows her the Tumwater file he's been working on and also all of the perks that he earns as uh, a macrodata refiner for hitting certain benchmarks. He mentions, I can't remember exactly what the title is, but seemingly the best perk at the end of each quarter is a waffle party. Fucking like, what That's is this the best like of the scholastic best. book fair type shit? <laughs> Dylan's got his eyes set on the waffle party. Like, what is like? Is this like some pizza party type bullshit? Like, well, what you, you got? Like, fucking 120 AR points. Get out of here. <laughs> hey man, hundred point clubs. Breaking out AR points. Though. What's up? When was the last time y'all heard that shit? And AR tests. And Judy Bloom books just to oh, get in boy. there. Yellow screen <laughs> tests. That was my oh, joke. Man. Bro, see that I blame that shit for making me not like reading. Oh, I I loved it because Harry Potter was worth a ton of points. Yeah, well, see, but like it made it a, Harry Potter. 
Well, but then fucking teachers made it like, oh, well, you got to get this many AR points. And I'm like, fuck you. <laughs> yeah. I, I was really hated homework. And then they made fucking reading homework. And I was like, nah, nah, I'm doing that. Yeah. Um, let's see. Where are we here? Uh, sorry, y'all. Uh, they mentioned that they're <laughs> they going to take a... like that. No, you're okay. Uh, they mentioned they're going to take a new group photo at Heli's party. Um, we see they're kind of trying to show Heli how to do this, working on the Sienna file. They group and sort data into five different digital buckets, and Heli asks, "How do I categorize it?" And Mark explains that you have to feel the numbers. Just feel it. Gotta be patient. You'll get it. Number ones are eerie. Something's off with number one numbers. And they say you'll know it when you see it. It's like what? Whatever. Like my my initial reaction was like fuck off. This is insane. What what do you mean? You just feel these numbers? Right. Yeah. And Heli feels the same because she asks if she can quit. Um, and they explain that she can request a resignation, but they rarely get approved. Uh, I guess you're. Yeah, for, I mean, pretty obvious reasons, I guess. They do speculate at Heli if they are being given at all to the Audis. Um, but I don't know. For me, I think it it would make sense that they're not going to approve the resignation because <laughs> probably a lot of people don't. A lot of these people don't care that much about their annies, right? Yeah, yeah, it seems that way. No, yeah, I mean, well, we we can assume. I mean, I mean, as somebody from only watching this like for the first time, I can say, I don't say I can say. But just seeing it from a like just uh, Mark's perspective, I can see why people would think like he'd be the perfect candidate for it. But I would be interested to see. I don't know if they do it, but just based off of like what um, you know in the show and all that, and what the characters are in the show so far. This is kind of fun just to go through and think about what their Audis are actually like. You know what I mean? Like why they, what caused them, I know later on in the episode they start explaining that, obviously. Mm. But this is kind of an interesting thing. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, it is. They um, probably definitely go into that later on, obviously. We shall see. <laughs> interesting question. Um, <laughs> they. So we do see Heli's welcome party here, and that includes a melon bar. Oh yes, which is uh, you know it sounded it sounds lame, but it looks pretty great. Uh, but before they can dig into the melon, they have to do the first day of class circle of AA seats meeting. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, this is weird. Yeah, just uncomfortable. Um, like no, like just it felt. I don't know. I don't know if it was just the background, the setting itself, but it definitely felt weird and awkward. Just the whole vibe itself was nobody, at least from Mark and uh, her perspective. She like they both did not really give a fuck about this. They were like, "What the fuck? Who cares? I'm out of here." 
Yeah, we get an interesting thing with both of them. First, Heli, you know, of course, not really wanting to participate. Mr. Milchick uh, says that she's allergic to almond. She's five foot six, which makes her not the shortest person in the office, but the fourth Four. tallest person Four in the tallest. office. Uh, and she has hair that they would describe as shoulder length. Um, but then I get a good laugh, I think. It, it does. Uh, but yeah, so Mark admits to breaking protocol by putting the pictures in the supply closet and says that seeing Petey made him sad uh, and starts to raise some questions. You know, Milchick says he doesn't understand why he's having this reaction compared to a previous coworker. Uh, but Mark says Petey was just gone. Yep. Well, and plus, like, well, he had known PDP had been there for a long time. It wasn't just like some random right. person. Mm. They were friends. Yeah, it Definitely. makes it pretty clear that they were known friends in the office. Yeah. There's some uh, some cracks though. Yeah, and this Mark I mean this is cracks. really the first time yeah, yeah we right. see him in the office start to be shaken a little bit. I mean he Kinda didn't like, do the training well, question but. stuff. Yeah, exactly. He is raising questions. Um, but Milchik reminds them to stay separate from the outside and to be grateful for the life they have, pretty much. Um, Heli tries to push Mark to keep on asking questions, but he says an interesting line here that Mr. Milchik can't always be nice like that. Yeah, that's, that's an interesting line. Because does that mean sometimes he's forced to not be nice, or yeah, sometimes he kind of, he's... It kind of breaks his like his uh, mask he puts on, right? Mm-hmm. Of this, can't control. I mean, and you kind of get it too when he like when they talk to him and like when they zoom in on his uh, yeah character and all that. Like just the expression is very. That's it smile. seems rehearsed. It seems rehearsed and coordinated. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Yeah. Um, so they take the picture, and then Heli tries to pull a gambit. She takes off and tries to get herself a resignation letter through the elevator, uh, but finds out that despite her speculation, the elevator's code readers do work, and she's taken That's in great. by Mr. Grainer, the head of security would seem. Um, so they'll get pretty wild scene here. What were y'all's thoughts? I was kind of on her side. I was like kind of thinking like, I, mean, I didn't think she'd be able to leave. I, but I thought the code detectors were complete bullshit. They're just made up. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I was kind of on her side. So I kind of agree with her like running. But mm-hmm. I knew I knew she would get caught. Yeah, and then just the fucking guy in the elevator shop with the crack, just like terrifying, right? Just like the unchanging expression, no matter who's or what information is thrown at him or who's getting into him, just complete and utter skepticism. Yeah, yeah. Mark tries to grease him up a little bit, uh, but ultimately he's got to take the fall for Heli here, uh, which he does readily. You know, Mark's standing up for his co-worker. Yeah, he wants yeah, you know, to be the ideal boss. Yeah, I mean, he actually lied on her behalf to save her from punishment. So, 
something good from Mark there. <laughs> a nice moment. Uh, but the next thing we see is him walking down this long, shadowy, narrow corridor and Miss Coble welcoming him into a room. But we don't get to see what that room is, although we might learn later. Uh, the next thing is Audi Mark being on a date with a midwife. And yeah, I have here in my well. notes that <laughs> he's drinking like Don Draper. Oh, yes. but yeah, because he's he is like pounding back that whiskey meat or well, yes. whatever. No ice liquor it is. No, maybe like a splash of water if even, but he is just pounding it back. And then at the end of it, he just literally just chugs it, asks for another. And well, I mean, he was just awkward in himself in that whole meeting, like. Yeah, it was it was rough to watch. Yeah, she. I mean, she asks him about Lumen and Severance, and you know if it messes with his head. Um, but he eventually says, you know, for some people, I think that's the point. Uh, as far as not knowing about right. the other one, he also mentions that Bayard Creek, his neighborhood, is subsidized by Lumen. Which Dude, is interesting. That's just crazy. And which can we relate now? Obviously, this one company does not have the vast overreach that <laughs> Lumen seems to have, but Nestle. Mm. How crazy of a conglomerate uh, Nestle itself is. Yes. Yeah. Um, it is, it is ridiculous. Could, could y'all live? I was like, could y'all live? Sorry. Could y'all see that eventually happening? Not necessarily with Nestle, but some corporation becoming just like a monopoly over many industries. Well, I mean, it, it already kind of does, you know, I, horizontal and vertical integration. Right? You know, we, especially in America, we say we don't allow monopolies, but our yeah, trust busting is not what it once was. No, as long as you change the name and have it like two companies away from you. Right. A subsidiary totally of a subsidiary. Yeah, exactly. You're totally fine. Yeah. Um, and so I, I think corporate subsidized housing is certainly already a thing. Um, although they, hopefully they're not quite as depressing as Mark's neighborhood. Uh, yes, yeah, well. <laughs> exactly. Just like uh, this plastic uh, sanitized look. Yeah. Um, as he's leaving his date, he, oh, he gets in a drunken argument with some severance protesters and really comes off as a dick and does not impress his date. I mean, but I kind of get it though. I yeah. kind of get why he snaps. Like yeah. he, he's fucking like all the time. Like, well, I don't say all the time, but imagine being, having this, uh, implant in or having this procedure. Sorry. And, it seems like a lot of people or the general stigma about it is that it's fucking weird or like, yeah, it's, for sure. You yeah. know what I mean, and then just to see somebody spewing something about you decided that was best for you and it's spewing like maybe somebody else. I mean, maybe somebody had that experience. Who knows? I haven't seen mm-hmm. more uh, yeah. seasons, but from my initial experience and from the general billing of this procedure, it, it definitely seems like it's very just out of place and uneducated. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. I 
I mean, they it's it's <laughs> kind of we can't fact check these protesters, but they do <laughs> yeah. say um, that they are trying to make forced severance a thing and trying to force it on children. So I don't I don't know are these people just kind of like reading fake news or is this right. rumblings of real stuff that's going on? And the, the show clearly doesn't answer it here. But Mark does not think that's what's happening. Yeah, no. Now, do I agree with how he handled it? Uh, no. Maybe he ha- he seemed a little too passionate and whatnot. You know, his emotions yeah, get the better of just, him. But yeah, it was. I, like I said, I understand. Not a good showing on the first date for sure. Uh, I understand why he could be emotional about the subject for sure. Oh, well, certainly. I mean, it's very personal to him. Uh, mm-hmm. But he gets home from his date, and Miss Selvig comes over with baked goods, calls them a peace offering, and Mark says, were we fighting? <laughs> but they have an interesting little conversation here, and she talks about her late husband. It seems like trying to draw a parallel with Mark's situation, right? Uh yeah, I was wondering what was up with this the second time I watched it now. Because, I mean, he's talking about his date, and she's talking about her husband building her house and an apartment in the back in case she finds a man while she's still there. Mm-hmm. Um, but, like, it also, like, it just, just the whole interaction gives you the aspect of she, like, she's not actually severed herself, but, like, somehow is able to transverse in some way. Like, she knows something that Mark Audi doesn't know, you know what I mean, about his any or something. Yeah, well, yeah, we talked about it a little bit last week. I mean, clearly she is not severed, right? Yeah. I think we all agreed on that. Yeah. Um, So it's, it's interesting. I mean, we still don't know what she's what her interest in Mark is. Well as she's <laughs> dedicating all her time outside of work to following Mark, it seems like. Right. Um but after she leaves, Mark goes into his oh extremely cluttered basement and finds some of Jim's crafts and uh, you know, that's that's rough for Mark. So make it like it's a Sends them to a dark place for sure. Probably. Yeah, it does, um, and that's understandable. Such a, mm-hmm. you know, it's something that was theirs, and you know, now it's just his. And yeah, and his cluttered basement. Mm-hmm. Um, so he not very good stuff for Mark here on his. I believe what would be his third day as the manager of the office. He calls out sick. That's right. To go to the four nine nine half loop address, uh, an, an, an <laughs> abdominal issue. Yeah, did y'all have any thoughts on their call out procedure at Lumen? It just, it's so <sighs> weird how normal that part of the job is. Like you can just call out sick. Yeah, you know it, it's it's such a I don't know I, you you just everything about the job is so random and weird. That, well, like, to me, that's the most normal part. It's like, can't make it today. This is what's going on. I should be back tomorrow. And they're just like, all right. I can't believe that. Oh, last days we are. Like, 
Yeah, yeah. I could, I, 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 it's crazy to me. They do raise. Uh, Mr. Grainer says it's uh, what funny timing. Yeah, he definitely. Yeah, um, and I guess he says that because uh, Dylan mentions after this that Mark was in the break room yesterday. That was the room he went to, and he quote did his stint. Whatever that means. Yeah. So what's what's going on in the break room here? Uh, Irving. Uh, meanwhile, question, uh, oh yeah. Had a uh, this whole exchange made me wonder, like, what happens if he just doesn't call it? If like he just doesn't go in at all and right. no call, no show. Yeah, no call, no show. Would they hunt him down? Or like, would they like <laughs> implode his fucking implant or mm. whatever? Or like, yeah. fucking... do they have a trigger device like that? That's kind of. Uh, I, I yeah. definitely feel like they could. Dead man's yeah. with his ass or some shit. Um, just, a, just, just a thought I had. As I think we can't put anything out of reach with this company yet. You yeah, know? that's the thing. Because um, they are certainly questionable. Yeah, it seems like it. Um, but so Irving is having trouble staying awake. We learned he's been punished for this before. And he visualizes this black goo kind of dripping down around him. Mm. Um, don't know what that means at all yet, but certainly scary for Irving. Yeah, I thought, I think maybe he, uh, his mouse came to rest. That's some scary numbers, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> too many ones. Mark, meanwhile, on his uh, while he's playing hooky, he goes to the four nine nine address and meets Petey in an abandoned greenhouse. Uh, and location. Yeah, I'm gonna. It kind of splits between the office and he him here, so I'm gonna try and stay at Mark, and then we'll go back to Irving in the office. Um. But so Petey mentions he's been reintegrated for two weeks and has been mapping the severed floor. Right. Which, oh, this is unnerving. It raises a lot, like just the way he delivers it in the setting and just everything they had going on. It really makes you wonder, like, why somebody would need to do that from the outside. Like, what? What's the reason why somebody who went through this procedure is wanting to map out the severance right. floor? Yeah, why does he want something still to do with it? Uh, it's clear oh, reintegrate. Oh, sorry, go ahead. And it sounds like it's an actual place, like a physical place. Oh, absolutely. It's, yeah, it's hell, isn't it? <laughs> it's that, well, it's. I guess it's a question because it's so big. Um, they reference it in this episode as being the basement floor. Right. Um, also, they, go like down. they say they go, do they go down in the elevator? That's what they say. Okay. Um, I, I don't know if we've had a way to verify that yet, though. But I, I guess they wouldn't lie about that. Yeah, they're going to go down. Tell. 
Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, reintegration has clearly taken a toll on Petey, and he talks about the break room and plays a tape of his own time in there, which features Mr. Milchick forcing him to read a statement of regret over and over in a pretty scary tone. Yeah. He's kind of like- and like he has to approve when the start when the apology is sincere. Very odd. Not as bad as you thought it was. Not, just like no. odd. Like that you would have to do this in general in a corporate place. I mean, yeah. but then again, what do we really know that they're doing? Like I, yeah, I mean the tone the of his voice is so uh kind of eerie, and it'd be interesting to see the video that goes with that audio. Mm-hmm. Um, but meanwhile, back at the office, Irving goes off to see Miss Casey, um, and Dylan and Helly are alone in the office at this point. And Dylan says, "Don't fuck around to Helly." <laughs> uh, he mentions that his theory about the numbers uh, is yes, that they yeah. are telling probes what to blow up in the sea for a post-apocalyptic human settlement in the oceans makes perfect sense uh and herb's theory is that they're taking the bad words out of movies <laughs> which, which is like so 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 innocent it is just like Irving um that we've seen so far it sounds like a joke but i kind of believe it yeah uh, do y'all have any theories on what they're doing with the numbers in the boxes? Or is it just Ooh. bullshit, you think? I think it's bullshit, personally. Okay. I don't think they're doing a damn thing. I think it's a made-up job. I, mean, I wonder if they're people. like... I want... Now, I wonder if this is a multinational thing. And, again, uh, somebody who's only watching this first time, uh, I feel like what if this is a multinational thing and they're really just like they're the inner workings of each probe in somebody, you know what I mean? Like they're just probing somebody else in a weird way, if that sounds right. In a non-alien abduction way. Okay. Either way. Could go either way. Yeah, I mean, I, I lean... That it's bullshit, but I, I have no idea. <laughs> Again, yeah. I don't know, um, and there's no way to know for sure. Um, while they're talking about that, Irving is waiting for his appointment with Miss Casey, and guess who just walked in? Christopher Walken. Uh, oh, he, he plays is, such a good part here. Man, this is fantastic. He is Bert from optics and design which he says is a two-person department the first we've heard of another department uh, Mm -hmm. so far at lumen and interesting that it's just two people we also find out irving is a big fan of o and d's work yeah he's a big art big passion for art irving yeah and he mentions like uh i can't remember did he say the post meeting breakout training space or something like that. Uh, yeah, just some jargon filled name. 
Yeah, when a painting was hanging there. So he really knows his stuff um, as he far does. as O&D goes. Uh, but then he goes into his appointment, and Miss Casey sets the scene with some white noise, low lights, and facts about Irving's Audi and tells him they're yours to enjoy. So uh, he, here are the facts about Irving's Audi, and I think I got them all. He's generous, fond of music, a friend to the kids, the old and the insane, popular mm-hmm. dances. He likes films. He can swim. He won a game. He values water. No fear of muggers. He likes the sound of radar. <laughs> he's skilled at kissing and lovemaking. And he's not supposed to enjoy That's any of these win. facts more than the other ones. Yeah, he because he, he loses <laughs> points. It's like yeah, and he loses points on that last one for sure. <laughs> well, it is, it is like it makes you wonder why his Audi chose to go under the procedure if all those things are true about him. You know what I mean? Sounds like right. his life is pretty great. Yeah. Um, it sounds so, like, I mean, they didn't mention anything. You know, like, we saw everything was going pretty good in his life. Yep. Yeah, so I mean, are they lying to him, or is there just something devastating in Irving's life that we don't know about? Uh, another interesting question. Uh, we cut to an evil vending machine that's filled with just dehydrated fruit and nuts. Interesting little system they have there, huh? With the the tokens in the cup. Yeah, very. They uh, they don't have to pay for their snacks there, but they only get two per day. Hell of fucking rationing, you know? Yeah. Because, you know, they don't... Very... They can't bring a sandwich in. Yeah, I was about to say, you, you, you don't really have lunch. You kind of just graze throughout the day. Yeah. And like, do, does your any really ever get any substance? substance? Hmm, that's an interesting question there. Uh, Irving, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Irving gets back into the office and talks about his meeting. And Dylan, with maybe the line of the episode, Bert, I've met that guy. He's a fuck. <laughs> yeah, that Bert. Fucking Dylan's great. Yeah, I mean, right after this, he comes back. Uh, Helly starts seeing the numbers and sorts them, and Dylan hits her with the boom. Fucking refined. <laughs> Just fucking great. Like, he is yeah. totally fine with being there. He's yeah, embraced he the whole thing. Were y'all surprised at all that Helly did start to see the numbers like in no. a way that was visualized to us? No? No, I wasn't either. Yeah, I mean, because they, they do say that she will start to. Yep. Uh, I mean, maybe later on the se- uh, season they'll eventually uh, make them appear to us weird or scary, you know what I mean? Yeah. Visually. But as of uh, now, we don't see anything that's different about it. Yeah, just kind of waving around there. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, meanwhile, back with Mark, he's he brings Petey back to his house. Uh, he's going to let him stay in the basement. Uh, tells Petey to go take a shower, which Petey gets ready to do, but he gets a 
call on his cell phone and his nose starts bleeding and then he collapses in the shower. This was tough to watch. It's you could you just felt that whatever he's going through it must not be pleasant. It's clear the reintegration sickness that he talked about. I mean, it's it's more than it just seems, a sickness. Yeah, it seems like something that he maybe it's going to be tough to yeah. to battle against. Yeah, definitely an outside force is attacking him for sure. Yeah. Um, and that's the end of the episode. So I guess the, the first thing, because I forgot to do it after the first episode, uh, Lil Ray Ray's double take of the day. What was something that made you pause and look back at it in the episode? Double take of the day. Ray Ray's double take. I like it. I would say probably Mark breaking like what Mark said for his second answer in the circle. Yeah, well, just his initial reaction saying "I broke pro- protocol today," even just bringing yeah awareness in general to him breaking protocol because we guess we know he did it more than one way in this episode. So yeah, that was definitely um, interesting. I want to see how they work that. Uh, I like the play they had on. Uh, first episode of her trying to leave her any mm-hmm. and then her any trying to go back it seems like and yeah, that she's cool. going right back to the same uh, stairwell you know that was, yeah that was just showing us the body. opposite side of it yeah just nice uh, little world building yeah um, Jeremy do you have any like just I guess favorite moments of this episode here um, I yeah I like the where you kind of see from the other side there for me, it just I, I kind of like how at this point you you're bouncing between the idea. It's you see it a lot here with like the protester too of like what part of this is a choice, like the whole idea of like choice versus like at a certain point this is not a choice anymore. And I, yeah. I like the way it play it. It really gets starts to play out in this episode of like did do people really choose to be there for the like with the right reasons. And then once they do, do they really have a choice as to if they can get out? Is it forced labor at that point? No. Mm. It's just, it's cool to think about it. that suited out. Right. Yeah. And to to think about these, I really like the moment. uh, The other one was at the very end when he uh, PDCs, like his business self, his work self. Yeah. And he's just in the shower, like kind of a crazy moment. When you, you yeah. see that played out even more, like the whole, like there really are two different people. It's a very scary yes. thought to me. It is. Uh, it, it, what, I guess if you could have anything answered at this point in the show, what's like your biggest question we have moving forward? I'll agree with, I'll say agree. I would uh, go with what Jeremy was saying. Uh, the ethicality that uh, Lumen is using to get these severed people. Mm. They're recruiting tactics. Yes, for sure. Yeah. I'm with you there. Uh, well, did y'all have anything else on the episode? What'd you, what'd you think, Ray? One, one out of ten? Or did you like uh, better than the first episode? Liked it mm. better than the first episode. 
nothing taken from the first episode, but definitely more happened in the sense of actually pushing the narrative forward. Right. Yeah. Uh, I really like their world building for sure. I love the uh, split narrative with the same characters. They do a good job of just like actually the the audience themselves can tell it's a different person or it's a different setting or a different yeah. Just in just in itself, it's encapsulated on itself. Yeah, uh, yeah. Like we talked about last week, it's and it's a concept that they execute so tightly, uh, mm. and they just make it so clear to the viewer that these people are really unaffiliated with the other side of themselves. Right. Uh, and so then that's the big question with Petey now moving forward. I guess what's what's going on with him and his reintegration how complete is that right um i don't know i guess if i had to go one out of ten i don't think we did rate the first one um i think i'd go 7.1 here just for like an episode of tv okay i'd go eight Eight. yeah i was probably gonna say eight as well it's a good episode yeah, um, so hopefully get into the next one here in the next week and continue that coverage. Any Anything else at all on this episode, y'all? Well, I think that was it for me. Yeah, I'm, I'm good. Yeah, yeah. Uh, do we have anything else we want to talk about before we wrap up for the evening? I've, I've got my Christmas answer. Really yeah. I mean, go out there and listen to Felice Navidad. You get those uh, numbers up. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's a cool record. That's right. Uh, if you're listening to this out there, get him his golden Felice Navidad vinyl. Yeah, uh, exactly. College football today, Clemson pulling off <laughs> a stunning win over Notre Dame. Uh, right now, Alabama and LSU about to go into the half and a tight one. The Georgia Gamecocks win. of South Carolina. Yes, Georgia did hold on against Missouri late. Um, some fight from the Tigers, but it looks like Georgia's essentially locked up their spot in the SEC title game. Still some holes for them, but mostly solid. I, Missouri's a good team, so, you know, a win is a win there. Um yeah, at Washington, USC tied up as well right now, and that's pretty significant to the Pac-12 race. Uh, Washington, I need uh, Washington to win here so I can get my fucking so net twenty-five cents. <laughs> Are you involved in the the sports book? Yep, <laughs> the, I got my the... quarter all bedded right on Washington. Yes. Uh, well. Um... Thank you so much again for joining us. Uh, we hope that you continue to join our severance coverage. Hope that you're enjoying the show if you're watching it for the first time uh, for this podcast and all the ones after this. I'm E.T. Dubs. And, of course, Jer Barrios. And your boy, Ray. Ray, Ray. That's right. Uh, we thank you again for joining us tonight. And... Hope that all of you drive home safe.